we've been going through a series. Uh, I started a couple weeks ago. We're calling Epidemic. And so what I'm trying to get at in this whole series is kind of based off the book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, is that we're in an epidemic of busyness, hurry, uh, fast pace of life. And so we've looked the first couple weeks, okay, what's the problem? We're in a hurry. We see that. Um, we just need to know we have a problem. Second thing is we have damage that comes with that problem. The biggest damage is that we miss Jesus ultimately. And so this week I want to look at, okay, now let's bring kind of this to somewhat of a close and let's, what's the solution to it? If we're running at such a fast pace and we're running um, constantly and, and our world is going so fast, how, how do we deal with it? How do, we, how do we bring this to something we can handle a little bit more? So we're going to look at the solution today. But, but as I get started, um, when we first started dating, we used to do this thing on Tuesdays, and some of you in here used to go there too. Um, there's a place here in town called Lotus, and every Tuesday we would go for half-price sushi. You get, we could probably get both get like two rolls and it was under 10 bucks, and so we'd go there. It wasn't the best sushi, but it was good. And so we'd go there every Tuesday, and it was kind of like our little date night each week, and so we'd go there. But the problem with sushi for me is that I get hungry like an hour later because it like fills me up for that time. And so we would go out, and then sometimes she would come back um, to my house for a little bit and hang out, um, or she had a Bible study that night, so she would leave. And then when she left at like 8 o'clock, I'd get super hungry again, and when I was single, I did very little cooking, and so I would just go get something to eat. I think I'll go to Wendy's, Taco Bell, something. So that night, I decided I'm going to go to Taco Bell. And they used to have these things called rolled chicken tacos. They were really good. You could dip them in either nacho cheese or it was like this ranch sauce. And they two came in a pack, and they were like fried. And so I said, I'm going to go get these. So I go through the drive-thru, come home, get out on my little table. I got Coda there kind of watching me eat. And dump out these chicken tacos and they look kind of brown like I thought okay maybe they just been sitting a little while deep fried too much whatever it is I don't know so I'm like I'm still gonna eat them because I paid for them so I start dipping them in the sauce and and I take a couple bites and it's kind of funky but it's not like weird where it's like you know it's like too weird to eat you're like eh, it kind of tastes off but it's Taco Bell so maybe it's just Taco Bell you know I don't know so I eat them all and I feel kind of weird but I'm like you know, my stomach always hurts, so I don't know if it's just my stomach or something I ate. So I go to bed. I wake up at 6 o'clock the next morning, and I just feel like there's, it almost feels like there's like this boulder in my stomach. It just feels weird. I feel kind of sick, but I'm like, maybe it's just my stomach again. Finally, I lay there for a little while, get up, and I go throw up, and I'm like, okay, this isn't good. Maybe I'm sick. So I'm like, I'm not going to eat anything else the rest of the day because I had to work. So I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm not going to eat anything. I worked, This is when I was over at Southview, so I said, I'm just going to run on my way to work and get some like Canada Dry, hopefully just drink some of that, and it'll help my stomach throughout the day. So I go all day. I don't eat anything. I kind of gut through it. My stomach still hurts. But we had an elder meeting that night. They did elder meetings Wednesday nights right after church, so it was 9 o'clock, so we'd stay from like 9 to 11 p.m. and do elder meetings. And so I'm sitting there the whole time. I'm not even paying attention. My head's like pounding. I feel like, you know, chilly, like I have a fever. I feel terrible. And so I'm like, okay, I just need to go home and take the hottest shower in the world and eat some like soup or something and go to sleep because I just feel terrible. So I go home, I take the shower, and then I pop open this, I think it was Campbell's Chunky Potato Soup. I'm like, put this in the microwave. 20 minutes later after I eat it, I just throw it up everywhere. And I'm like, okay, something's actually wrong. And I went to bed that night, and then for the next like three days, I'd eat something, and 20 minutes later, I'd throw it up. And I don't know 
if it was sushi, but I'm blaming Taco Bell, I had some type of food poisoning and I guarantee it was those chicken tacos. So every time that I would eat something, I drink water 20 minutes later, throw it right back up. Eat applesauce 20 minutes later, throw it up. And, and I kept trying to give my body something that it couldn't handle at that time. You know, I'm supposed to be able to eat. I'm supposed to be able to have nutrients and all that stuff. But, but my body at that time could not handle food, liquid, anything. So anytime I tried to give my body something, it couldn't handle it. And a lot of times when it comes to something like hurry is we're trying to run at such a fast pace and we keep giving our lives more stuff to do. We keep packing out more of our schedules. We keep running at a faster pace and our bodies aren't designed for it. And then we're seeing these effects where we're tired all the time or we're anxious all the time or we're depressed all the time or we're worried all the time. And, and we almost feel like we just want to like collapse because we like think and we're like, well, I, I don't know if I'm going to get this done. And I don't know if I can get all these things done. And I've got stuff this weekend. I have no free time. And, and we're trying to give our bodies a pace of life that it was not designed to be able to handle. It was very interesting to me when I was listening to a couple of things this week. They said the average pace of life back in the day um, before cars, uh, planes, all that kind of stuff was three miles per hour. And it was because they didn't have anywhere to get that fast. So they couldn't get from one town to the next like we can with a car at 50 miles per hour. They couldn't get hop on a train and go from one town to the next because they didn't have trains. And so their walking pace was three miles per hour, which really probably doesn't seem too bad. But like when you think about it, that's pretty slow. That's a slow pace of life to be able to walk three miles per hour, probably had conversations in those three miles per hour, but it was a very slow pace of life. And then you get the inventions of the cars, the planes, the trains, and now we boats and we can go anywhere it seems like within a day. Life is just so fast. We have uh, cell phones now that we can get news access at touch of a fingertip, 24-7, news alert, get on CNN, get on whatever you get on. I don't know what you get on. USA Today, all these different ones, you can read everything that's happening at any moment in your life. You can also, it seems like now with cell phones and especially with the pandemic, we are supposed to be available for our work 24-7. Somebody texts you, calls you at 7 o'clock at night, even though you're not working, you're expected to answer. And then we have friends that try to text you at 11 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock at night. It seems like you can't ever get a break. And we're just moving so fast. And we shouldn't be moving that fast. And so... I want you to think about this a little bit as we unpack here in, in a moment some different ways Jesus showed us how we can adjust our pace of life. But, but what if you had more hours in a day? Let's just say that was the solution. Okay, so we're busy. We can add instead of a 24-hour day, we've got a 30-hour day. We add six more hours to the day. Some of you might say, well, that's great. I can um, pick up a new hobby that I've been wanting to pick up. Some of you say, well, I, I wanted to do this. Now give me some more time. But I think the reality is, based on just looking around at our world today, what most of us would probably do is we'll either sleep longer. So instead of sleeping eight hours a day, we sleep 12 hours a day. We'll play more video games. We'll scroll more on Instagram. We'll have more of these distractions that we'll implement. And even though we want to do these things, we end up just filling our day with more stuff that probably isn't beneficial. And so I want to unpack here in three different passages, just a couple verses in each passage, this idea of slow down. This is the solution 
to how we kind of go at this epidemic of busyness is we need to learn the art of slowing down. And Jesus is very good at this. And I think what's very mind-blowing to me is that Jesus does all of these things a lot of times, not because he can't handle it, but I think to set the example of how we're supposed to live. And so it's funny because you'll see in some of these passages, well, Jesus could have just done that. Well, he could have. But I think he wants to set the example that, that in this fast-paced world where you can pull out your phone and you can stream a movie in minutes, and when you watch a video on YouTube in minutes, but when it buffers, we get mad. So let's unpack this. Slow down. What does that look like? Well, this first passage in Mark... Uh, I think is very interesting to me. It says here, The next morning Jesus awoke long before daybreak and went out alone into the wilderness to pray. Later Simon and the others went out to find him. We need to slow down our lives. This is the first thing we can see from Jesus. We need to slow down our lives and figure out what's really important in our lives and do that. We need to prioritize what's important in our lives and say, okay, when I look at the busyness of my schedule, what is most important to me that I need to separate my schedule from and say, I need to make time for this. I think what's, what's really cool about this is you say, okay, maybe you're not a morning person. So if you're not a morning person, you, you do Jesus a different time of day. But it says the next morning, Jesus awoke long before daybreak. So let's just say that the sun rose that morning at 7 a.m. And his long before daybreak, we'll put it at 4 a.m. 4 a.m., Jesus gets up. He goes out alone into the wilderness. I think sometimes when we, we want to slow down and we say, well, this is really important to me, and then we bring somebody along with us, or we bring our phones along with us, or we go into a place where we know we're going to get distracted, and so what actually is really important to us isn't actually important to us because we're not carving out a space where we're going alone and away from everybody. Jesus says, I don't even want to take a chance of distraction, so I'm going alone, and I'm also going when nobody's up yet. Now again, you may not be somebody, I don't want to get up that early. That's okay. But this is what worked for Jesus. So he gets up early, he goes alone, and into the wilderness where there's nothing that could distract him, but all he sees is God's creation. And then it says later, Probably when he decided to roll out of bed at 7, 7.30, 8 o'clock, Simon comes and gets him. When something's important to you, you're going to make sure that you carve out the area and the space that you can invest in that important thing and make sure there's no distractions. We do a lot. I, I thought a little bit about I do my devotions at 6.30 when I wake up in the morning, but every day that I wake up, I bring this down with me partially because I use it for some of my devotions, but it's an added distraction. And I think sometimes we, we bring these things along with us, whether it's your relationship with Jesus, maybe it's something else important in your life, and then we wonder why we're not growing, or we wonder why we're not getting as done as much as we wanted to get done, because we're bringing those distractions along with us. Jesus is showing us that if there's something important enough to you, you're going to carve out the space and go do it away from everybody else. That's one way Jesus shows us we can slow down a little bit. I think another way is in this story in John chapter 11. It's the story of Lazarus when he dies. And he says here, but when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it is for the glory of God 
I, the Son of God, will receive glory from this. Although Jesus loved Mary, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days and did not go to them. So if you see this whole story, I'll give you a quick nutshell of the story. What happens is Lazarus is a dear friend of Jesus, somebody that Jesus loves a lot. You could say one of his BFFs. And obviously, you, you know from last week, if you were here, we looked at Mary and Martha, and Jesus has gone to their house. He's eaten dinner at their house. Mary sat at Jesus' feet, listening to everything he said. So these are people that Jesus loves. It's not just people. He kind of just came along the way, and he's met a couple times. Like, there is a connection in their friendship with them. And he's out doing his ministry. He's talking with people. He's healing. He's doing all these different things. And as he's doing them, he gets word that one of his best friends is sick. And it's looking like it's going to be death. Like, if we're just in Jesus' shoes, that, that's got to stop you for a second. Imagine you're just working, you're doing life, you're with your family, whatever it is, and you get word one of your best friends is really sick. It stops you a little bit. And you, you, you're one of those probably, especially if it's somebody that's really good friends with you, knows you intimately, you're going to drop everything, either go see them, do what you can to get in this situation. Wouldn't we expect that from Jesus? But that's not what Jesus' response is. He says, obviously, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death, and notice for the glory of God, but what's very interesting he loved Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, but he stayed where he was for the next two days. And then they reiterate his staying by saying, and he did not go to them. Like, Jesus, are you serious? Your best friend is sick, and you're going to stay where you are and not go to Lazarus and go and try to help him and go and try to heal him or even just be there for him? I mean, even in this moment, Jesus could probably snap his fingers and heal him if he wanted to. Why, why doesn't Jesus do that? I don't know the ins and outs, and obviously Jesus knows that he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead because he says it won't end in death, but, but we don't see that. And so from the outside, we're like, Jesus, there's got to be some reason you're not doing this. There's, there's something wrong. But he stays where he is, and I think what that shows to us is that we don't need to accomplish everything in one day. Jesus knew what he had to get done, knew where he was supposed to be. God said, this is where I want you. And he's there, and he says, I'll get to Lazarus. You don't have to worry. He's not going to die. I've got things that I'm doing right here. Maybe that's God said there's more important things, more ministry you have to do here. But even though Jesus has the ability to do everything he ever wants, he says, no, I'm going to stay here and I'll get to that situation. Because then it says, finally, after two days, he said, disciples, let's go to Judea. So after two days, once he wraps everything up, does everything he wants to do, he says, all right, let's go. And they go to find Lazarus. It seems like in our lives, we're, we, don't, we don't want to wait two more days like Jesus. Well, I have to get this done today. Well, th this paper has a deadline today, so I, or, or in three days, so I have to get it done today. Well, you could wait a day, maybe. Well, I have to get this stuff done around the house because I just need to get it done. Well, you may not need to get it done today. You can get around to it. I think we put in our minds that we have to get all of these things done in one day, and Jesus even shows us no. Some things can wait. 
We'll get around to them. Doesn't mean you forget about them and let them go, but you get to them because you prioritize, basing off of what we saw with him praying, you prioritize what's important. You get those things done, and then you get to what you need to get to next. We wear ourselves out trying to accomplish every single thing in one day. And even Jesus, who has the ability to heal Lazarus in that moment, waits two days. When I was up in Norwalk, um, our store manager always wanted us to get uh, the grocery side of the store freight worked at night. So when at like 2 o'clock a truck comes in, they unload it, it has grocery stuff and it has um, general merchandise stuff, so bikes, toys, um, comforters, all that stuff. And so it all comes on the truck. And when we would, um, once they would unload it, the unloader's job that came in is they were supposed to work the grocery side, so all the food stuff. They'd make sure all that freight was worked by the time the closing manager would leave, which at that time Walmart didn't close. So closing manager meant the last like day manager. So we would leave at nine, not, we were supposed to leave at nine o'clock at night. So we'd come in at 11 in the morning, leave at nine o'clock at night. And so that was our job. That's what we were supposed to get done if we were supposed to leave at nine o'clock. So when you left that door, all that freight was worked. So there was a lot of times we were short on managers and I worked a lot of 11 to nines during that time I was in Norwalk. And so I always felt that pressure that I had to get this done. So I have all my responsibilities over here. I oversaw some other areas within the store. And then I had on top of that this responsibility that these people had to get this worked or I had to get people to help them get this worked. And so it always felt like this pressure. And there was a lot of times that I was there to 11, 12, sometimes even 1 o'clock in the morning making sure that they got that freight worked. And then I watched some of these other, in a nice term, lazier managers. And they would get maybe half of it worked. And she would get mad, or they get yelled at, but it would be okay. And I'm not saying that, that I should have just like not cared about it, but I, I pressured myself with all these responsibilities. I have to get this done today, on top of I have to get this done today, that I end up working 13, 14, 15 hours to get all of this done. And even if I could have done it all, what would it have accomplished? I wore myself out all the time working so long just trying to get some simple things done and if I would have just prioritized what needs to get done has to get done today I probably wouldn't have wore myself out so much trying to waste my time on things that needed done in the next week and really focusing on what needed done that day Jesus looks at this situation and he goes okay this is where I need to be for the next couple of days this is where I'm at I'll get to that situation Maybe you need to step back and look at your schedule and go, okay, these things need done now, but these things can wait. And finally, I think in this last passage, this whole passage above um, is Jesus when he feeds the 5,000 and he takes uh, two fish and five loaves of bread and feeds 5,000 people. And then it comes to this kind of conclusion. And it says they, were, they all ate as much as they wanted, and they picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men had eaten from these five loaves. In addition to all the women and children, immediately after this, Jesus made his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake where, while he sent the people home. Afterward, he went up to the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. And so we see, okay, Jesus says, what's important to me? You need to carve out that space, slow down, have no distractions. You need to prioritize, in a sense, 
um, what needs to be done, what's important, and the other things we'll get to. And then in this one, I think he really shows this art of prayer and processing. Prayer and processing. I think we don't do a good job because we're in such a hurry when major events happen to step back and process the situation. This situation is a good situation because he feeds 5,000. It's a miracle. But if you step back and maybe take this more in a situation like um, you have some bad situation happen in your life, a best friend has a bad diagnosis, a family member gets cancer, somebody you love dies, uh, you look at the news and you see what's happening on and going on in the world and your heart breaks. And we have all of these heavy situations. And a lot of times what we don't do is take time to step back and process this, talk to God, pray, talk to other people. We just move on to the next thing. Jesus could have easily said, well, that was an amazing miracle. What happened there? I got to move on to the next thing. But no, he says he sends everybody away and he goes up to the hills by himself again alone to pray, to process what just happened, to, to spend time with the Father and go, God, you know, what just happened was incredible. Maybe process through it. Where do you want me to go next? What do you want me to do next? He took time to step back and slow down and go, wow, there's something cool about what just happened, but did it alone. And what we end up doing when we just go from situation to situation is it's like a backpack with weights on it, and we go, man, that was heavy. Uh, my best friend just got diagnosed with this, and so we put the backpack on, and it's heavy. But I can keep carrying it around because i got to keep going. I'm too busy to stop and think about this. And so, oh, my, my, my mom's now got cancer. Well, add that to the backpack, but I can spend some time with her, but I don't, I, I'm too busy to, to, to slow down enough to process. So, And we keep adding the backpack, and we start walking around like this because we've We've not processed any of these situations. You're never going to necessarily have a great answer to some of these situations, but we don't take time to slow down and just go, man, that hurts. Or man, that was so good. We also don't like to celebrate. Sometimes you just need to celebrate what's happening in life. Man, we just had an event. That's amazing. Man, I just met with somebody. That was a great conversation. It's just taking the moments to slow down and process. Jesus did this very well. A lot of times after situations where he did ministry or he had a miracle or something like this, he went off to pray. He wanted to process the situation. So those are some ways. We want to slow down and say, okay, we, we're in a hurry. We're busy. What's the solution? We need to slow down. How do we slow down? we got to figure out what's important. This is important in my life, and I'm going to slow down my schedule to make sure I have time for this. I'm going to carve out that important space. We can't pack everything into one day. You have to look and say, what needs done today? And if I can't get it done, I'll get to it, but it's just not going to be today. And we also have to be able to, to look at situations and step back and process because what we carry can be heavy stuff. What's going on in this world is heavy stuff. And if we don't take time to just process and understand that, yeah, that's hard. We're just going to keep moving to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And then we're going to explode at one point because we've just been carrying so much. These are some ways that we can slow down and kind of get this pace a lot closer to the three miles per hour than the 50 miles per hour we're running at right now. I closed with uh, some of you 
maybe not all of you, but I was probably on the tail end of growing up with this, but um, there was something before our phones and the internet now called dial-up internet. Dial-up internet. And I remember a little bit of it. I don't remember a whole lot because it was only a couple years when I was younger. But what was interesting about it is you boot up the computer and then you would connect to the internet through the phone line. So you connect to the internet and make this very annoying screeching sound that it was like processing and it would take a few minutes to connect to the internet. And then once you connected to the internet, you had to like open the, the web browser, which took a few minutes, and then type in some website you want to go to and that took a few minutes just to get to the page to see where it's at, click on it and everything. Low. It was just so slow as it was processing all the information you were trying to input into the computer. And I think what's interesting is you step back and you look at life during that time. Life wasn't moving. I'm not saying it was moving slow like three miles per hour, but life was at a much slower pace then. And so having a slower internet, it was just a little more easy to deal with. Where now when you pull up your phone, and I do this a lot in the schools, when somebody asks me a question, I'll pull out my phone and the Wi-Fi or internet sucks in the school. So you put, click on the internet and you sit there and wait for it to load for like two minutes and you get mad and you just say, ah, just forget about it. And it's like back in the day, they had to hook up the internet had to connect through the phone line and it took time. It had to process everything and it was a slow way to get to what you wanted answer because that was the only way. We've gotten so used to the internet in our world today that I think it's made our pace of life. We've gotten so used to that. Well, it's just so fast if I slow down now, it's going to be like going back to dial up internet. I'm not going to be able to do it. We've got to learn to take the pace a little further back to where dial-up was and not so quick to where the internet is now because we're ruining our lives by just going so fast. We're tired all the time. We're anxious all the time. And Jesus says we weren't designed to run that fast. I can't take an old Dell desktop and expect it to run as fast as my smartphone now. It's only going to run at the pace it was designed for. You are only designed to run at a pace where you're running with or walking with Jesus. That's very interesting. You never hear people say running with Jesus. They always say walking with Jesus. It's a slower pace. You create time for what's important. You try to not pack everything in one day. And you learn the art of prayer and processing.